0: man
1: in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 1106 a.m. every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and a.m. 750. WSB.
0: We are a
1: America. We are the greatest nation in the world. A breath of fresh air. Common sense. Very impressive. He's articulate and he knows exactly what we need. Herman Cain. Herman Kane. Solutions for a better America. This is your host Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts because we want you to be informed and better inspired to help build this better America. Breaking news. Breaking news every day with Herman Kane and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree.
0: Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman. How you doing today? Really? One more week? Well, that's where <laughs> we stand. You it know is... what I'm talking about, yeah, don't you? It's, um, what did Yogi Berra say? It's deja vu all over again, and on this Monday we do really? face... Really? Another end-of-the-week funding deadline on Homeland Defense. Yes. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll lay it out as best as I can for you. And Please,
1: because I've been promising to the listeners all morning that you could.
0: Yeah, what it comes down <laughs> to is that on Friday, things got really messy. Uh, the Republicans, again, you know, battling amongst themselves. Uh, they're, you know... Almost all of them don't want... They want to stop the executive actions on immigration by the president. The right. difference is how to do it. Like I said a week ago, there is just no obvious answer for Republicans on how they can get a bill all the way through the Congress to both fund homeland defense and block the executive actions. They have the votes to do that in the House. They've already voted that way. The The problem is they cannot get that bill passed a Senate filibuster by Democrats. So you have a situation where the Senate-approved... The, uh, the funding bill for the rest of the fiscal year, without the immigration restrictions, they have sent that back to the House. The House is asking for formal House Senate negotiations, what, what is labeled a conference committee. The Senate today is going to take a vote on whether to set up that conference committee. The Democrats will block that. You have actually have to get 60 votes in order to start formal negotiations. Right. So, so the Democrats say they don't want all they want is just the funding they don't want anything else. Stuck in the middle is Speaker John Boehner yet again. He's got about 200 people that will vote with him on just about anything, and there's about 30 or 40 or 50 Republicans, varying numbers depending on what's being voted on, who don't want to do that. Um, you know, again, we can, you can look at it all you want. The, the numbers are not there to force the Democrats to accept anything. You can't even get a bill through the Senate on this. So, you know, the issue, the overriding issue is, I understand people do not want to give in, and they don't want to, you know, uh, just give up. But at this point in time, there just seems to be no legislative option for Republicans other than short-term extensions for the Department of Homeland Security or just going ahead and approving money for the rest of the year while trying other actions on immigration. I don't know what else is going to be voted on this week in the House. Uh, It's obvious that, uh, look, at one point they defeated a plan that would have extended the budget till March 19th. It was not even a full three weeks. Right. That was defeated uh, because of a group of rebel Republicans banding together, in a sense, with Democrats and Nancy Pelosi. I mean, here's the odd part, Herman. Every time you have one of these votes where the GOP leadership gets defeated, the people who are blocking the speaker are also being joined by almost all Democrats. The Democrats love this. They think this is the greatest thing in the world. They hope that the Republicans do nothing but fight with each other for the next couple of months, because it certainly put on hold the Republican agenda. Now, there was an interesting editorial today in on the, um, the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal in which uh, they just absolutely excoriated... Uh, the Republicans who are blocking the leadership, saying that the GOP is in danger of squandering their majority. They labeled it a mental breakdown and called the more conservative members who are objecting to just moving ahead as cliff marchers, saying that they're marching off a cliff to almost certain failure and not just recognizing political reality. Now, look, I know that there's a lot of people right now who want don't want to give in, and I get that. The problem is, is that I do not see, if you think that by not funding homeland defense, that is going to force the president and Democrats to give in. You know what I mean, Herman? Yeah. You, you, you don't fund, so sooner or later the Democrats give in. I don't see any evidence of that. I don't see any evidence. It's just like back in the extended government shutdown we had in 2013. When you think back on that, Republicans, a lot of people said they would be blamed, right? It didn't happen that way. They didn't, so the Republicans didn't suffer at all from that shutdown. But then I would take another step and ask the rhetorical question that people can answer for themselves. What did that shutdown achieve? Because the, the effort back then was to force the president and Democrats to knuckle under and give in on funding the Obama health law. That didn't happen. Well, the same thing, I don't see that happening here. I don't see a shutdown of Homeland Defense forcing Democrats in the White House to give in and change the president's executive actions on immigration. So here we sit, with the Friday deadline staring us in the face again, no real viable options for the GOP leadership, and a lot more talk again about Speaker Boehner being booted out of his job.
1: Well... Like you said, at, they are at an impasse. Now, are most of the Republicans in the House that are saying, no way, we're not going to give on that, are most of them new, or many of them been there a while?
0: No, that's, it's a lot of the sort of um, more conservative members who've been elected in recent elections, yeah. along with a sprinkling of people from Arizona and Texas, you know, border states, who are fed up with the immigration situation and obviously do not like what the president has done. But uh, the problem is, again, that... You can have the you know you can certainly block what the leadership wants to do, but there's really no other option out there right now that gets anything done so I don't know. Maybe we'll just see a number of short-term extensions of the budget while everybody waits to see what happens next in the court fight. But it was a messy day on Friday for the GOP leadership again. And again, Democrats, they love this. There's one Democratic strategist that uh, I exchanged notes with over the weekend. He couldn't have been more happy with what's going on. The, The Democrats think this is the greatest thing in the world and they would love to see it continue for weeks and weeks and weeks.
1: Because that way they are not working on stuff that's more important.
0: Well, listen, on Friday, you know what happened? It didn't get very much attention because of all the battling that was going on uh, amongst Republicans over Homeland Defense. But the Republicans had brought an education reform bill to the floor on Friday, dealing with no child left behind. Right. And the same sort of thing happened. A group of Republicans rebelled against that, and they had to pull that bill off the floor and not even vote on it. We've seen that now a number of times this year, whether the issue has been immigration, whether it's been the immigration legislation that they tried to bring up on border security, whether it's been abortion, whether it's been now education and some other issues. There have been a host of items that have been deep-sixed, not because of Democratic opposition, but because of internal Republican fights that the leadership has been unable to bridge.
1: You know, what's frustrating is, yes... It's one thing for the diehard conservatives to dig in their heels and say, "No, we're not going to budge on this." All right, then what? Then we are a stalemate, or the a shutdown. shut down, and yes, somebody's going to get blamed. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that it, it, it may not play out the same way, but you know, what do you do? You, you can't just take a position and not have an alternative solution. So, like you said, the Democrats are loving this infighting on the part of of the Republicans. And the other thing is, calling for Boehner to be replaced, what good is that going to do? Then you have just created more infighting amongst the Republicans.
0: There's real rumbling around that uh, there might be a move by conservatives to try to force the Speaker out in coming days. If he decides to, you know, there's a lot of talk the Speaker may just sort of say, you know what, I've given you guys the chance uh, nothing's really happening on this. Let's just go ahead and fund the Department of Homeland Security for the rest of this fiscal year and try other ways to block the president. Now, that's not going to be uh, acceptable to a lot of people on the conservative side of the party or in talk radio or in the Tea Party. But I'm, I'm going to tell you again and again and again, and it's not popular. I get hate-filled emails when I say this. There just aren't many options out there. The votes aren't there. A lot of people saying, well, the Republicans should get rid of the filibuster in the Senate. Okay, if they do that, the bill will just get vetoed, and you you don't even get it into law. So I don't know what's going to happen, but clearly, in interviewing GOP lawmakers, there are a number of them, about three to four dozen, who are dead set against doing anything that would look like they are giving money to the president to allow him to implement his executive actions. The problem is, is there really are no viable options that can make it all the way through the legislative process and into law that can block the president at this point in time. It it really is, Herman, looking at it from here, the, the best hope of Republicans is not a legislative or a political solution, but a judicial one in the courts. And what's the timing on...
1: The administration trying to go to a an appeals-level court to you get something on that. You know, they, had, they had
0: threatened to do that last week, and then they didn't, because the judge in the case asked for briefs from both sides on whether or not to lift his stay. I think Texas has to file today and the feds tomorrow, or maybe vice versa. But it's today and tomorrow to get those briefs. And then I assume either he's going to have a hearing, or he's just going to decide in the coming days after that. And then, you know, I could see maybe late this week or next week it going to the Fifth Circuit. So this is not going to be a very fast kind of legal solution. And the administration still has not filed their overall appeal of that judge's ruling. I'm sure they're waiting to see whether or not he's going to lift his stay. But, you know, you'd have to think, Herman, that that injunction was put there for a reason by that judge, and he's not going to back off of it two weeks later. Right. And from the Democrats' perspective, if they can buy another week, then they
1: kind of allow... Some of the court stuff to play out in terms of whether or not the administration, well, whether or not this judge is going to consider those two briefs, whether or not the administration is going to file their appeal. You see what I mean? Yeah, that's just buying them time to kind of see where this falls out so
0: far. You know, and and again, uh, but when you interview lawmakers on the Republican side, you sense their anger at the president. You sense their desire. It doesn't matter whether they're more aligned with Speaker Boehner or more on the Tea Party side. The trouble is, again, I'm going to keep saying it: there is just no viable legislative option right now to get what they want to get through the Congress and to the president, whether to be vetoed or to be signed. And uh, what what I ga- gauge from not only the White House but Democrats in the House and Senate is there are just no knees buckling at all. They do not feel any heat from the Congress on this. They do not feel, I do not get the sense that anyone is sort of out there thinking on the Democratic side, oh, geez, what am I going to do about this? They're putting all this political pressure on me. I'm going to have to change. I don't see that with anyone. So right. this reminds me a lot of the Obama health law, that no matter how much, how many times the Republicans vote on these things or they turn up the heat, I don't see change in sort of any, any Democrats saying, I better switch sides on this. Um, are Democrats threatening to walk out? for Netanyahu's speech. You know, as of right now, there's only a couple of dozen Democrats who have said they won't show. Actually, the tickets for that speech tomorrow before the Congress are a very hot item. Mm. So I'm not sure how many Democrats, I bet that a number of them at the end make a last-minute decision, yes or no. But, you know, even some very strong supporters of Israel, like Senator Charles Schumer of New York and others, say, yeah, they wish there hadn't been this blow-up, but they're not missing the speech. So. I'm I'm not convinced it's going to be as big of a boycott as maybe we were led to believe initially but obviously there are some democrats who won't go the vp will not be there and others but it will still be a pretty uh, a pretty big event up here with a lot of people in both parties there
1: well i think that uh this, like I said, the whole thing has been blown out of proportion in terms of uh, blaming it on protocol and Susan Rice saying that it's going to damage the relationship. I want to hear what he
0: has to say. Well, he just delivered a pretty strong message to an Israeli lobby group here, and I think you'll hear that again tomorrow. He said he means no disrespect to the president or the Obama administration. He's taking the high road. I we'll, like we'll that. We'll have the details on that speech right after it happens when I see you tomorrow, Herman. Thanks a lot, Jamie. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show.
1: He won't stop shining a bright light on the IRS, the disgrace at the VA, and waste and abuse by big government. Herman Kane is on with Solutions for a better America. Coming up, rapid fire at 877-310-2100.